Hello, welcome back. It's been so long. I don't remember what music we introduced ourselves with because I haven't picked it yet. I think it's written by Jimmy Page. It's definitely written by Jimmy Page. We find out in the credits all music, every single last note by Jimmy Page. Mm, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm skewing that yeah. a little bit. That, is that well, your... you're just as honest as they are because I, they, I am. They, <laughs> they said he did it when he just contributed. I guess I would call it the the Death Wish theme. Yeah, it would have been a lot better. It's like probably about seven seconds of music. Yeah, they play. <laughs> but man, this is an exciting week because we're finally getting back to the man, the myth, the bazooka, Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. Yeah, I mean so after long. the after the huge success that was Schlocktober, amazing. Through the roof. The numbers are through the roof. They're absolutely off the chain. And so we have to reward you guys with something amazing. Amazing? It's beyond amazing. It's Death Wish. Death, 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 death Wish <laughs> 3. Most people would start with Death Wish 1. No. We take you right to the, the main one you have to see. Everything about Golden Globus is cut to the chase, you know? Right. So we're cutting to the chase. A, the, the gang in this... Love it. The commitment they show, love it. They take everybody in. They give them a nice weapon. They I give love them it. a little makeup thing on their forehead. Yeah. They get, somewhere, they can, you, have a, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. It's, it's got to be on your face. Yeah. They they have recess. Like, you know, they do cardio together. Like, they're just... This is pretty much what started uh, CrossFit, was this movie. A lot of shit got started in this movie, and we'll get into that as the movie progresses. But, uh, I mean, suffice to say, if if you're unfamiliar with the Death Wish uh, series, saga, if you will, basically, Death Wish 1, we meet Paul Kersey. He's an architect. He's a pacifist. He's mm. basically a cuck. All right? <laughs> and what, so what happens is Jeff Goldblum, yeah, Jeff Goldblum. The Jeff Goldblum. Rapes and murders his wife and then rapes and traumatizes his daughter. Okay, two rapes in one movie. So he... He loses his shit, rightfully so, and goes on a murder spree. But it, I will say this. Death Wish is probably the the most real, I guess, kind of realistic one of them. They get, the series progressively gets wackier as they go with each each sequel. Yeah. But the first one's the most grounded one where he never finds Jeff Goldblum. He just kills some just random like criminals. And... His daughter's messed up from it. Yeah, she's, she's in, traumatized. She's institutionalized. She's, yeah, something that would probably really happen if something like this occurred. So. I, I, well, I don't know. This, she, it's kind of over the top in the movie. I mean, yes, you're going to be traumatized by having that happen to you, but she's like in catatonic. It was kind of. I don't tell people how to wear their trauma, man. Maybe, <sighs> maybe that would have happened to her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Um. So. So, uh, of course, the cops love it. They, they can't admit it on to the news, yeah. but they're like, finally, somebody's doing what we've been wanting to do. <laughs> and so, but they eventually, the, the detective catches them, and he's like, look, you did what needed to be done, but I don't want to do the fucking paperwork. So can you get the fuck out of town and do it somewhere else? Right. <laughs> so that that's, that switches to Death Wish 2. He's in L.A. He's got his daughter in his custody. Where was he in the first one? New York. New York, okay. Coast to coast. And so his daughter, and this is what's weird, because his daughter in the first movie was an adult, and she was married, and yeah. and in this one, she was like, I think it was like a teenager, I don't know, but she had like regressed to a childlike state. It was yeah. really weird. And she, now this one, Lawrence Fishburne 
rapes his daughter in this one. Doesn't kill her. He, he's, he, it's his fault that she's dead because she kills herself to get away from him. Yeah. So I say he killed her. And But don't worry. Spoiler alert. Uh, Charles Bronson kills him, too. Okay. So now we go to Death Wish 3. Okay. So he's got no he's, history. There's no family anymore. Back to New York. Oh, that was, oh yeah, that he was New York. Back to New York to visit buddy Charlie. But we're not going to get into that because we need to hear a trailer first. So, without further ado, you got anything to say, Griff? You got any facts? Or do you want to do that after the trailer? No, we were going to do that after. I All just, right. I, I, you had big news. I thought you were going to do it at the top half. No, I'm going to do that after the, tra- after the trailer. All right, let's do it after I'm sorry, the I'm really tired. I mean, Griff's going to fucking carry me this whole episode. I'm sorry. That's if too I, bad, because Bronson's your hero. I know. If I suck this episode, I apologize, but I'm just really fucking tired. I got gotcha. you. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of a good good way to tie this into Well, then I'll just go and you're, say... You're going to go full Charlie, and I'm going to go full Bronson on this. So. All right, so uh, let's just get into this trailer for Death Wish. I, I, I. New York, a city pushed to the edge. People pushed to the limit, and no one's got the guts to stop them. It's collection time, Charlie. Three murders, four rapes, nine acts of random violence. This isn't a neighborhood, it's a war. But there is one way, one man who won't be pushed. Charles Bronson. What's the problem? Now you're going to die. It'll be just like before, Mr. Vigilante, with one important difference. You're going to work for me. People have got to start to fight back and hard. I sent them a message. That's him. I'll take care of him. Now he's in the middle of a war. See what you've done? You got me mad. In a world gone mad, there is only one law. His, Charles Bronson, Death Wish 3. Bronson's back in New York. Bringing justice to the streets. Charles Bronson, Death Wish 3. All right, good, good trailer, great trailer. Lots of, lots of guns, lots of explosions. I didn't watch it. Let's, let's just go on. <laughs> okay, sounds good. But uh, before we get in the movie, I I teased it a little in the last episode, and I just want to get into it. I it's did. a little bigger than that, man. You channeled a dead person. Well. I don't want to brag, but I did. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know how, ever since I've gotten the Nang Chen hair system, I've been able to tap into otherworldly paranormal powers. You're calling me up. You're not even using a phone anymore. You're calling me just through your brain powers now. It's fucking weird. Yeah, well, the power of the Nang Chen, I don't know what to say. I mean, you need to get one. I saw you driving on top of your car the other day. I I don't get what's happening with you right now. I'm... I've attained Nirvana. I'm at oh. that next level. Oh, okay. So uh, what I, I now I can tap into the paranormal. Now I can speak to the dead. I recently learned Charles Bronson is my spirit animal, hmm. and I commune with him now. And of course, you know me. I'm always looking to like make money off the show, 
and I'm always looking for the next idea, the next thing, the next product that people are going to be talking about. Of course. We want to serve our fans with the best products So, possible. look, I'm not going to lie. Negotiations were back and forth. I read Donald Trump's Art of the Deal at least three times in preparation. Oh, and I mean, I that find... sounds impressive, but do you read at a normal rate? Because, I mean, the Nang Chen. I still have to read at a normal rate. Oh, okay. That's not one of the Nang Chen powers. Okay, okay. That's good to know. In fact, I, I, read, I read a little slower. It's weird. Weird. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, I it was back and forth negotiations, but I did it. I sealed the deal, Griff. I used the art of the deal, and I'm proud to say that I have... Gotten the spirit of Charles, Mr. Charles Bronson to represent this product that's going to... You know, Griff, there's a lot... We just As we learned just this past couple days... <laughs> You're really teasing this one, man. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of divisiveness going on in our country right now. There is. It's true. And I want to... We need to bring the people together. And what better way than sex and sex toys? Yeah. I mean... Because a lot... I, I, I think I've learned in the past few years, there's a lot of dudes out there ain't getting laid, Dude, and they're angry. I started a dating website, Red 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 Dew in the Blue, and uh, yeah, it's sign, you sign up as a Republican or a Democrat, a red or a blue, and you bang somebody on the other side, we're blowing up. I got to tell you, we didn't get, well, I had to jump on that train too fast, so I didn't get to run it by you and the Merman crew, but... It's I, I guess what I have to say is obsolete. Then we don't need to talk about. It. I guess you figured it out. Oh no, it takes plenty. We're gonna learn. It takes a lot to get people together. Sure, <laughs> I don't want to say that. So without further ado, we're gonna we're gonna stretch this out a little longer, and we're gonna give you a great product. You're gonna love it. It's called. Bronson brand sex toys. Enjoy. Hello, I'm Charles Bronson. You may remember me from the Dirty Dozen, the Death Wish series, or the obituary pages since I've been dead for 15 years. But when I heard what Merman After Dark, a subsidiary of Merman Industries, were getting up to, I knew I had to rise from the grave. And when you hear what I have to tell you, I won't be the only thing rising. Now, sex always came easy for me. It was never a matter of if, but when. But not everyone is me. Some people need a little help. That's why I agreed to work in conjunction with Merman After Dark to design a line of sexual aids inspired by my many cinematic masterpieces called the Bronson Brand. Each toy was conceived, designed, molded, and packaged with my input and supervision, ensuring when it says Bronson, it's a genuine Bronson. Full disclosure, getting a woman in the mood for sex has never been a problem for me. I can get a woman so wet, I sometimes have to go in wearing a scuba suit. But I understand this may not be the case for mere mortal men. Has this ever happened to you? You're in bed with your special lady friend, revved up and ready to go. But she's like the Sahara, harsh, dry, and uninvited. Don't worry, friend. 
I got your solution with a state-of-the-art sex lubricant I like to call Cold Sweat. Cold Sweat was engineered to be as slick and slippery as the murderous scum that breathes through our ineffective court system daily. But that's not all. I've added both a heating and cooling agent into the mix to enhance your sexual experience. Cold Sweat goes on with the fiery intensity of hot lead going through the body of some lawless punk, but finishes you off with the cooling sensation of death itself. With Cold Sweat, you say goodbye to the drought. And just for the hell of it, I'll throw in a bottle of Uda Bronson, a powerful musk designed to smell like yours truly. With the subtle sense of cigarette smoke, whiskey, and gunpowder, if this doesn't get your girl salivating, you may as well give up. Impotence. Until recently, I had never heard of this problem, but apparently, it's an affliction affecting a significant portion of the male population. It's as if you're at war with yourself. That's why I call this next amazing product the Battle of the Bulge. A battle you'll win, my friend. The Battle of the Bulge, or B.O.B. for short, is a pill created by a team of scientists that will not only make your pecker as hard as a barrel of a 45, but is guaranteed to add at least 5 inches of length and 2 inches of girth. Yes, it will turn your pea shooter into a bazooka or your money back. B.O.B. contains the finest natural herbs and minerals from the exotic Orient. What are these herbs and minerals? Sorry, pal. If I told you that, I'd have to kill you. That secret is strictly Kinjite. Battle of the Bulge works so well, it'll have your sex partner waving the flag of surrender. Incels. Who are they? What are they? Where do they come from? After using the, the Incelsia 5000, the only question you'll have is, who cares? The Incelsia 5000 is the crowning achievement in high-tech engineering. It was painstakingly designed to resemble the deranged sex toy seen in my hit movie, Ten to Midnight, for that outwardly retro feel. But that's where the comparisons end, my friend. The Incelsia 5000's inner workings were developed by a team of ex-NASA engineers to ensure the most orgasmic experience possible. The suction power alone is worth that price of purchase, but the extra pulsating vibrations seal the deal. The Incelsia 5000 never says no, no matter how pathetically awkward you are. With this baby, you'll no longer have the time nor the inclination to write angry internet tirades against women. You'll be too busy jacking it to care. I guarantee it. Perhaps extreme butt play is your thing. Well, pal, your old friend Chuck has you covered. I had my forearm and hand, holding my trusty wieldy magnum, of course, molded to create something I like to call the Death Wish. Because, brother, if you can accommodate this baby in your keister, you may have a Death Wish. I and the good people at Merman Industries are not responsible for any deaths or maimings that occur while using this product. And ladies, don't think Bronson brand sex toys are made just for men. I understand that a lot of you have husbands that just can't get the job done. Well, 10 Inches of Midnight is here to complete that job. What is 10 Inches of Midnight? It's big. It's black. It's a Bronson. And just like its movie's namesake, it takes no prisoners. Ten Inches of Midnight is a ten-inch dildo made from the same vulcanized rubber used to make the race car tires for the famous Petty family. If this doesn't get your motor running, girls, there's probably no hope for you. Cunnilingus. Sure, 
I've heard of it, but I never had any use for it. You want me to put my mouth where? But hey, the times they are a-changing, and the ladies are now looking for a little oral action. That's where the Mr. Majestic Magical Mustache Ride comes in. Merman After Dark have hired the finest sculptors from Madame Tussauds Wax Museum to mold the perfect replica of my luscious leathery looks, complete with all the various cracks and crevices that we all know and love. But that's not all. Each hair of my luxurious mustache, that's right, all twelve of them, are painstakingly applied by hand, ensuring that wispy quality you need to tickle your taint while riding my face to orgasmic ecstasy. And if you're one of them gays, have at it too, brother. This toy is gender neutral. What do I care? I'm dead. Sure, we all want to know what it's like to make love to me. Hell, even I wonder what it feels like sometimes. But let's get real. I'm only one man, and that probably won't happen. Or won't it? That's right. I had the fellas at Merman After Dark make a plaster mold of my penis to create something I like to call the Bronschlong. The Bronschlong is the closest thing you're gonna get to the Bronson Johnson or your money back. Each individual piece is hand-painted to get the proper veining and coloration down pat. There's even a few gray pubes attached to give it that unique touch you can't find anywhere else. The Bronschlong. It's like the greatest sex you ever had without the awkward feeling after I walk out on you. Each of these great products can be purchased individually or in a set I like to call the Magnificent Seven. And if you act now and buy the set, I'll throw in completely free of charge a handsome carrying container called the Kinjatashe Case, made from the finest Mongolian leather, the same leather making up most of my face, I might add, this case is appropriate for the boardroom and the bedroom. The interior is comprised of a lush velvet with individual compartments for each of your Bronson brand sex aids. The Kinjitashe case is the perfect container for all your forbidden subjects. So there you have it, folks. The path to your sexual nirvana is just a mouse click away. Go to mermanafterdark.com for more information on the many fine and affordable products available. Stop being a pathetic sex creep and start being a vigilante of love. Brunson brand sex toys. Works every time. Holy hot damn. That that's f- uncanny. It's going to revolutionize the world. It's going to unite the people, bring them together. I can't believe that, A, you're channeling dead people. Did you happen to talk to Burt Reynolds, ask him how he feels about our he's Sharky's re- Revenge? He's really upset about the low or download sh- numbers. He's like, I deserve more than that, and yeah. I agree. Yeah, and he's also probably going to be upset that I got the name of the movie wrong, too. So, sorry, Burt, if you talk. I don't know how to do this dead people talk thing. Well, it's, you don't. You have a screaming eagle. That's got, more... <sighs> It's not as cerebral. As I'm just good at ripping thing. people off on T-shirts. <laughs> That's my thing. <laughs> oh, man. There, there's a lot of history to this movie, Murray. Do you want to hear some of this history? Sure. This was uh, originally intended to be a Chuck movie, but he felt like all the violence made it too negative. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because we're gonna. I found a Chuck movie. It's going to blow your fucking mind. We're going to talk about it in the future. Uh-huh. Silent Rage. You Silent Rage. That? I, Not only is there a lot of violence, Chuck actually fucks somebody in this movie. And there's nudity. 
female chuck, chuck nudity female female nudity okay which you never see at least we've we've never seen any chuck movie we've covered yeah he usually keeps the pants on so th- this is true like you might see a little bit of a uh, deep v on chuck but nothing more Ever yeah, since that so, uh, that Bruce Lee movie, he doesn't really take his shirt off. Because he had Aerie back. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he did. He did, I know. It's just, that's not a good reason. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Dan, John, John Jacoby, the guy who wrote I don't this. Know what the fuck you said? Don what? Jacoby. Okay. The guy who wrote this movie. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah I, but you just said it like I'm supposed to know who that is. I don't know who the fuck that exactly, is. Exactly, because it was a pseudonym. Okay, then who else? Uh, Michael Edmondson. You I know, know that the, name? No, I don't know the fuck that is. You should. He wrote Life Force. What? Yep. You mean our one of our best underappreciated episodes, <laughs> Life Force, which, which just passed the 20 download mark, <laughs> which I'm so fucking excited about? That yeah. Life Force? That Life Force. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the hell out of Death Wish 3, so there, there you have it. So, um, the, uh, of course... Because it's a death wish, there is a rape scene in it. It was played by uh, the girlfriend of the director at the time, Sandy Grizzle. What? Yeah, this is straight. That, from the, wait, no, wait. There was only. Where was? Oh, the, the, there's that, two. Oh, okay. The there one was the near one, the end. Yeah. Okay. So maybe it was that one. Okay, I was gonna say I know the other rape victim, and it isn't Sandy yeah, Grizzle. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't seem right. But yeah, so there was oh. there was two. But well, she was an attempted was. rape victim. It's true. She didn't actually because Chuck but saved her. She went on to try to sue the director, saying that she uh, he used her as a sex slave. Wow, so, that was pretty that's, fucking crazy. That's a bummer. Oh, uh, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, the original screenplay included a male-on-male prison rape scene. Uh, was there a plunger involved? There was a plunger involved, yes. How did you... You're so... You know. Back to foreshadow. <laughs> uh, but that scene was found in another uh, another Bronson movie. Let me guess. Kinjite? Kinjite. There's so many weird connections. Wait, wait, with wait. This movie. Oh, wait. Oh, are you talking about the beginning of Kenjite? Yeah. They that was that was supposed to happen in Death Wish Three. Yeah. Wow. Fucking nuts. Yeah. So I, I I was telling Murray about this one earlier. The originally we're gonna release this movie with uh, the Roman numeral three I I I, but apparently it tested so poorly in a survey that they opted to switch it out for the number. Three. We need American numbers. This is America. <laughs> we want them Ferner numbers. And of course, if you bother to look at the Instagram, I posted a picture. This game, this movie actually had a video game for the Commodore 64. Uh, it had two other weird consoles on there, but I can't remember their names on find the Commodore it. I 64. I want to beat that game, too. I'll find it for you. I don't know if there's beating it. I watched an hour of it, and I was like, what is happening? You're just, like, going in screens, and it's super violent. Like, it's pretty graphic for uh, being such a dated game. Yeah. You like those facts? Those are good facts. Sure, yeah. I I slaved all day and night on Wikipedia, just kind of picking those out. (laughs) Oh, I thought you just got the trivia off IMDb. Um, Sometimes, but no, not that that trivia. They didn't get that far into it. So okay. it's movie time, isn't it? Let's get to it, man. Fucking Charles. Paul Kersey. Paul Kersey. Back in New York. Back in a New York groove, as Ace Fraley would say. I, 
He's from he's from Kiss. It's Kiss. I, I thought it might have been Kiss. It sounded Kiss. And so he's coming to visit his army buddy Charlie, even though we know he's a pacifist from the first movie. And they point out that he was a pacifist. He was a conscientious objector. Hmm. So we're seeing Brandon with this great. This I don't know. We still haven't decided. But this might be our intro music to the episode. I don't know. There's this great funky. I, I think it has beat. to be. It's so. It, it kind of reminds me of Seinfeld. Yeah, yes, it does. I, I, I think. This, That's this, where Seinfeld. This got movie the idea. is so influential, and so he's coming in town. He's like on a bus or some shit, and he's yeah, like he's looking out, smiling. Back to New York, man. He's he's, he's, he's been he's gone a, for ten years. They figure like they've moved on. They're. He, He's, Plumber Joe or whatever he's no he's every guy yeah person Plumber Joe I can't remember it, what you're the, stuck on plungers for some reason it's Joe the plumber <laughs> by the way and so we're going back between him enjoying coming back to New York and his buddy Charlie getting the shit kicked out of him but this there's about twenty ass whippings in the first ten minutes of this fucking movie and they don't stick to the same story like I mean the same character for more than like three minutes so you get like. A minute of of Chuck coming in on the bus, and then you get a minute of his buddy Charlie that he's coming to visit, and I, I love this scene because it's like these four guys—they're all arranging it. Oh, there's one girl, three three guys, one girl, and they're getting one of all- them played by uh, Bill S. Preston Esquire from yeah. Bill and Ted, and um, so they're they're gonna break into Char- uh, Charlie. God, I hate that his buddy's name is Charlie. Since well, he's he doesn't last that long, so you don't need to. <laughs> it's it's a good point. They bring him up later, but we won't because fuck him. So they they break hey, into as a war hero. Respect. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, we know that because there's fucking medals on every surface of at, his apartment, and everybody was like, "Oh, you knew Charlie? He was a war hero." <laughs> everybody reminds everybody of the credentials. Yeah. So they, they have to say thank him for his service always. So the four of them break in. They start just just. Just pounding the shit out of him. Because he refuses to pay protection Apparently, like, the, fuck yeah. you, I'm a war veteran. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not going to pay for your protection. And I love this part because it's like as they're beating him up, Giggler's there, of course, yeah. and Bill Esquire's there, yeah. and he falls asleep on his sofa. And the well, Giggler turns around and he's like, wake the fuck up, well, we're he, killing this guy. I think he's supposed to be like fucked up high. I mean, yeah. He's not just tired. He looked pretty tired. Like, yeah, okay. I thought maybe all the excitement, the adrenaline crash was happening there. <laughs> He's like, so amped up to beat up an old man and then yeah. he just crashed. Well, this is it their happens. life, man. I mean, you got to think about it. Like, you, you know, when you're working a hard day, five days a week, sometimes you just got to crash. It's got a hard job. So, so, Buddy dies. And just as he dies, Charles Paul Kersey finally shows up. Just when you when you need him, he's not there, and 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 then like literally two seconds later, the cops show up. Yeah, he's checking his buddy's pulse, and then the cops are there. He's well, the already- co- well, Charlie goes up and goes. He says something. He's like, "Remember where I had something or something?" No, he says, "Take care of my things." Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's the big like. What's yeah. the rosebud mystery here? What yeah, things? They never, got yeah, because you well we'll get into it later. You think it's something, but then it's another guy's things that. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, and then the cops, cops, they're just like, hey, I don't want to do any paperwork. There's a guy next to a dead body. He did it. Clearly. He's and got they a just, gun in his hand. And then they just beat the shit out of Charles Bronson. Dude, so they beat the shit out of him in Charlie's house, his dead buddy. He's got to look down at his dead buddy, getting the bit shit, bit shit kicked and out of him. All, Paul isn't even resisting arrest at all. He's, no. He's just, like, concerned about his buddy, and they just immediately 
kick the shit out of him. They don't even take the gun (laughs) from him. He's got the gun in his hand the whole time, and they're just going to town. It's like pretty much a reminiscent scene of uh, his buddy Charlie getting the shit kicked out of him by the gang. Maybe that's they're saying police are gang, gangs are all the same. They're all the same. Doesn't matter what uniform. So now we well we switch to the police precinct, and they're beating the shit out of him again. Again, (laughs) they took the gun away. And they put him in a chair. So they're like, you know, here, I don't want you to fall down. I'm going to blow your mind in a minute here. Well, blow it no, right now. No, keep going. Okay, so they're just, I, I was just going to say, they're just beating the hell out yeah. of him. A chief comes in, and he's like, I know you. Shriker, Captain Shriker. Yeah, Shriker? Shriker. Shriker. And, uh, yeah, he's basically like a tough guy, Rudy Giuliani type. He looks more like a principal from... An 86. He probably played a principal. Yeah. I mean, I recognize the guy. I don't know who he is. Yeah, he just got that stern, bald look who actually really just wants a friend. And he thinks civil liberties for pussies. He thinks you have to earn rights. You're not not born with them. Yep. And And he's like, I'm going to book you. I'm not going to read you your rights. (laughs) I'm not going to give you bail. And... Wow, I really just don't give a fuck about you. I know you. Man. I'm gonna lock you up and never release you again. Yeah, and I have. N- I'm not even gonna charge you with anything. You're just going to jail for the rest of your fucking life. So the next scene is Chuck put Chuck. I just want to say Chuck, Paul Kersey putting all of his items into a bag because you know they're getting confiscated by the police. He puts his gun in the bag. <laughs> he had his gun on him the whole time. He <laughs> got it back. He he is a law-abiding citizen, man. <laughs> He carries it for protection. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to put him in a high school someday, and uh, he's going to keep all those school shootings so they, from happening. So they throw him into a... What? what a general, it's just like a holding cell. Holding cell. That's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. what it is. And we got, we got the... Uh, he's got... He's, all the usual suspects you see in a movie, holding cell, yeah. so, you know, like punk rock guy, biker dude. Yep. And... You know, Paul's going on 80 or so, so he's got that small bladder at this point. Yeah, he's got to dig a shit or a piss, I guess he said bladder. <laughs> I don't I know. I think he's got to I don't know. <laughs> but some fucking shithead ripped the toilet off. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, it's like, who's, is he by the same guy that pisses on the seat? Like, come on, people got to use this fucking yeah. thing. Right? What the guy fuck's wrong with who you? Who goes beyond pissing on the seat and like fucking pisses all over the walls too and like on my the favorite paper. is the people that like don't flush the toilet because they're so germ phobic and then they don't they don't even wash their fucking hands when they get done Ugh. it's like you're fucking filth all right flush the fucking toilet just flush it for the next guy wash your hands so, so yeah so uh this guy he's proud of himself because he was the guy who ripped the toilet out yeah like, i did it he looks like bam bam from our fucking uh, snake. I was gonna episode. say king kong bundy jr yeah okay he's like a bald fat guy basically cool and Paul, does, he's like, I've had enough of getting my ass kicked. I'm going to kick some ass. Yeah. And he beats the shit out of this guy. He beats him in two moves. He, like, kicks him in the gut, and then he gets him in a headlock and runs his head through the uh, prison bars. And that process just destroys that guy's head. He just starts profusely bleeding everywhere. But the blood made a good lubrication. They got his head out super easily. They deserved it for ruining a toilet. It's only one toilet, guys. Come on. I know. And no one else is offended And meanwhile, by our villain, Fraker. Fraker. Who was played by uh, the guy who was uh, Richie Cunningham's brother, Chuck, who mysteriously disappeared from the first season of Happy <laughs> Days. We, we never talked about it again. I like to think that's Chuck. 
And what happened was Chuck was, uh, you know, he 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 hurt his knee because he was a basketball player in college in the happy days. He hurt his oh. knee, lost a scholarship, fell on hard times. No way. Got into drugs, moved to so he got kicked out of the house in Milwaukee. He did not moved age. to New York and became a crime boss. I. This makes perfect sense to me. So, like, uh, Fraker, he either has one of the biggest middle parts I've ever seen in my life or reverse <laughs> mohawk because he just has it shaved right down the middle of his head, shaved bald. Yeah, and it's not short hair. It's long, and he slicks both sides back. He's really frightening. I, I love and that. He, and he's like a ginger on top of it, so oh, he's really frightening. Well, you mentioned a Cunningham, so, you know, he's got to look somewhat got like freckles. And- yeah. But I, I love that scene where he combs it back with two combs because he's got the split, so he can't do it with one. But he locks eyes with Paul. Oh, man. And he's just like... He romance is in the air. And, like, Paul... I don't know if it was romance. Paul, like, goes... He just knows this guy's scum. I know what scum is. That yeah. guy's scum. And this other guy, he probably, he's probably a little scared. Because, I mean, come on. He just saw an 80-year-old man beat the shit out <laughs> of King Kong Bundy. <laughs> but that's it. That's, that's, that's as far as it goes. Yeah, it's true. So... We get a cut back to the cop, Mr. Schreiker. Schreiker. And he's, of course, talking to, like, a, a lawyer or something. Or, you know, I think it was the police. And- she's uh, She was a defense attorney, like a public defendant. Or yeah. It's called. And she's trying to explain, like, that man has rights. And he's, yeah, like, he's like, I don't give a fuck about your fucking rights. Yeah. But I thought he walked into, like, a police meeting where they were, like, well, we just can't do anything. You know, we're not a lot of yeah. murder people. He's like, crime is up and all this yeah. shit. And Every, everything is trending in the wrong direction. And he's like, I got an idea. I got an idea. So he's about to go down and get our buddy, Paul Kersey. But, of course, uh, a freak, Fraker, Fraker. he sends two of his goons over to get uh, Kersey. And so he has that moment because Kersey's like bundled up on the ground. He's curled up in a ball. And Why it, was he get hit? Why was he sleeping? I don't even he he just had his head down. He was doing like a cowboy thing where he was just trying to look mysterious. He had like his hair like over his eye too. And the guys try to get him. And he like throws them with just like the simplest gesture. Like those two giant dudes just like fell over. Fucking Charles fucking Brown, man. <laughs> but they do, they do like immediately rebound and like you're eighty, we're gonna hold you down now. And uh, Fraker gets in there and gets yeah. a couple punches in, right? And then lets uh, Kersey get back up, and Kersey's just like fuck you, man. Gives him a fucking huge slug across the face, and that's when Shriker arrives. Does he? I mean, I thought Fraker like doesn't Fraker? He gets released because we live. Of course, we live in a pussy court system where the most vile criminals are are just, it's a revolving door. Yeah, and it's like, how the fuck is this fucking Fraker guy affording like the best defense attorney? He's like a fucking street gang guy. Oh yeah, but he does it. They do. He does. Yeah, Schreiker or uh, Fraker gets out first, right? And then he's like, "Hey, Kersey," he's like. Come see me. I'm, he's like, I'm gonna kill a little old lady for you because mm-hmm. he's just so. It's a, there's a once again like a lot of Golden Globes with a lot of cat and mouse, a lot of mind games going on. Mm-hmm. This guy Fraker, he's like Hannibal Lecter if Hannibal Lecter was intimidating, and he's just like, hey man, come to uh, Sutter and Belmont, asshole. See what you got, and then he just walks out because of course you know <laughs> he's like. 
probably in there for like murdering five people, but the pussy liberal system like let him out. Meanwhile, a uh, law abiding gun owning American like Paul Kersey is like has not charged with nothing so far. You know, and he's still locked up. They're later on talking about how they've got nothing on Fraker. They're like the guy's cleaner <laughs> than you, and it's like he was just in a holding cell. But we learn he knows how to talk people into doing his shit for him. Oh yeah, yeah. He's oh, like a do. criminal mastermind. Well, so he's released. So then, then uh, Schreiker, yeah. Schreiker just got chewed out. He's just like, "Fuck, man! All these goddamn statistics. Uh, you know, can't I just kill people? Why do I gotta like, you know, follow laws?" And he's like, "Ah, idea. I, I know just what I'm gonna do. I remember this guy. This guy ain't Joe the plumber. This guy's." Paul motherfucking Kersey, the What's scourge that? in New York from 10 years ago. Was that the name I was going for, Joe the Plumber? <laughs> yes. You said Plumber Joe. Yeah, the same plumber. thing, basically. I, you got it backwards. Okay. And so he... Uh, Do you like what's about to happen here? You've got uh, fucking Schreiker who calls the shots for the gang, and you got a police chief who's about no, to... No, Fraker calls the shots for the gang. Okay. Schreiker. I hate that the name is Schreiker <laughs> and Fraker. I... <laughs> I hate that. It's pretty irritating. It's yeah. like I thought the gang leader's name was Striker, <laughs> and then I just called this Chief Chief. So I'm just gonna go no. back to calling him Chief. Oh, he's Striker. That's fine. You can call him Striker all day. I'll, I'm calling him I'll Chief. I'll call him by his name. You're right. I'm calling him Chief. He's not a police chief. He's a captain. Oh fuck! But anyway, somebody called him Chief. <laughs> Some peon. <laughs> anyway, we're getting all, we're getting really into some boring shit. So let's get back to the, the action. So he calls Paul Kersey back. And he's like, I know the fuck. Yo, you're Paul Kersey, man. You're the vigilante in New York from 10 years ago. Yeah, you're that guy. And then he doesn't he like then he pulls up all these clippings like it revealed that Paul's been like traveling the country killing people. Yeah, he's the he, he's the Punisher. He's got a huge. He, that's a good. He's like the Punisher's great. The Punisher uncle. actually was based partly on Death Wish. The first death. Wish. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's been traveling the country, murdering punks who deserve it. Yeah. And he's like, two birds, one stone. You're gonna start killing people for me <laughs> because I don't like doing paperwork. I'm sick of this shit. And I need to get these like these crime levels lower. Even though murder would be through the <laughs> murder rate would be through the roof, but the rest of them, the petty crime will go down. I get the next tier of my pension if I get this number down to two percent by the end of the year. So he's like, you... "Let me tell you something. I got you on nothing, but I'm but I'm going to be nice and let you go anyway. If as long as you kill some people for me, go into that war zone because Sutter and Belmont is like a war zone. Yeah, it's all bombed out. Looks like shit. Even like his buddy Charlie's place. Like you look out the window, there's no roads anymore. It's just ru- like rubble. It's dirt roads and rubble. Like, did you notice that? I have a feeling like Golden Globe has probably bought like a neighborhood. That was and- London. That was that like was London. That, that was some not not London, but it was somewhere over in um in uh I, I can't remember it was England England. <laughs> <laughs> it, so, but it was well. It, it probably was a bombed out area. It, where, it actually was. The, yeah, like, well, that makes there sense. was an issue with it. So, uh, so he's like, Paul's like, fuck yeah, I'm all about that. You, you're letting me loose. That is my attempt of a Bronson voice. So you're letting me loose, and he's like, I'm letting you loose. So he goes, 
He's getting all of his stuff back out. I want to point out in the background, did you notice the fucking wanted poster for a horse? No, I did not see that. There was a giant wanted poster for a horse, well, and they horse passed... Was, that horse was a murderer. <laughs> Probably. There was at least five different postings of it, because I saw it behind uh, the defense lawyer in one scene. I saw it behind Kersey and one... Fucking horse, man. So while he's walking out, he meets his, the love interest, Catherine Davis, who's a defense attorney. Yeah. And she is warm for his form. She likes what she's <laughs> looking at. <laughs> and he's, of course, the player. He is. He's like, hey, baby, what's up? <laughs> I think he. she's just like, man, I've been looking to get like 10% out, ten percent off on all the restaurants I go to. And this guy clearly has an she AARP. early. She likes, she likes to eat, to eat early. She likes to eat dinner at four. And she wants to get and that senior like, citizen discount. And she's like, that's the perfect guy for me. So age difference, ballpark it. Well, it was a, it's a classic Charles Bronson movie. Like any, He's old enough to be his daughter, basically. Easily. It's his love interest. I was shocked that it wasn't because well, you don't know about Charles Bronson. Is He married a, a, like a TV actress named Jill Ireland like in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And she was literally his love interest in every fucking movie he was ever. She was his love interest in Death Wish 2. Oh, really? And because she couldn't get any jobs, so he would get her like a job on every movie he did. Okay, so like she was practically the, the female like lead in every one of his fucking movies. Shockingly, not this one, but yeah, well, I was shocked she wasn't. And she was close. She, she was still younger than him, but it was a little at least closer to his age. Yeah, this one the age difference might be about fifty. I'd put her in like her <laughs> mid thirties, maybe early thirties. Charles Bronson was not eighty years old in this movie. And he looked like he was eighty, but he wasn't eighty. He's like sixty in this movie. Bronson's okay. I'll he give died you, like fucking like in two thousand five. I'll give you sixty eight. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care if the so. So yeah, she she's like, you've got a case here. We could sue the pants off these people and he's just uh, like not want, interested not interested because he's just got the ticket he got the golden ticket to murder people i know so he's, he's like, like i've got murder to do <laughs> <laughs> like i'm so excited i've been handed a blank check and i'm gonna go home alone in my house and murder people so we cut back to fraker what's fraker up to well apparently well apparently he's been I mean, he, he was in a holding cell. he wasn't in prison he was in a holding cell yeah he was but in, in that in that cell. like 24 hours he was in a holding cell Everyone's trying to take over his yeah, position. That's right. Everybody is just like, hey, I was just taking care of things for you. Don't worry yeah, about I think it, the guy's boss. name was Chaco. Chaco yeah. Was his name. And he was like making his move. Yeah. And uh, he's like buying a bunch of drugs. It did. I think we kind of alluded to it, but the whole you, you can tell these people are in a gang because they all wear. They, it's like they have a red like vertical stripe on their head and then two diagonal black stripes across it. Uh no, you got it backwards. They have equal with one die. Oh no, you're right. You're right. right it, the know. red's on an angle, and then the black stripe. And is. so, and like Fraker's got the best one because he has a red stripe that starts from the bridge of his nose and goes all the way to the back of his head because he's that, got that perfect ball <laughs> straight mo- down, that reverse mohawk. <laughs> and he's like, I gotta, I gotta set shit straight. These people are gonna turn on me. So he uh, he whips out a switchblade and he goes, "This is a sticker, and you're the sticky." And he, he just stabs Chaco. him in the throat. Well, it was brutal. But that's what you got to do to keep your place in the gang. I mean, I, shit, dude, you're gone for fucking twenty four hours and already replace you. Yeah, since since like we had such a, a hiatus between episodes here, like I ended up watching this movie three times, and every time I came across that scene, I had to close my eyes. I can't. That's too <laughs> violent for me. I can't deal with that. It's too okay. believable. 
Yeah. I, I got I got hit really hard in the throat one time, <laughs> and I, it gives me flashbacks every time. I thought I died. You have PTSD over the I throat. do, yes. What happened? Uh, me and my friends were fucking around in a pool, and uh, somebody jumped off a roof and landed like somehow directly on my throat. And I fell to the bottom of the pool. I was like, I'm dead. That's it. I'm dead. And then like five seconds later, I was like, I'm not dead. I should probably go back up now. <laughs> I'd, I'd, it was, if somebody jumped on my neck, I'd rather be dead than be paralyzed because that probably could have happened. Yeah, yeah. And it was the th- it was the front. It wasn't the back. Of Still. Head. It was frightening. Okay. So we cut back to Paul. He's like feeling the place out. He uh, He goes back to Charlie's apartment. He uh, he meets I, I, he meets uh, meets Bennett. Bennett, that was his name. Bennett, yes. God, I didn't catch it. Who's another uh, old war buddy? Who also, I'm not positive because I was too lazy to look it up, but I'm pretty sure he was one of the hostages in Delta Force. You know what? I think you're right. I the whole time I was like, I know you from somewhere. I yeah. think that's what it is. Yeah. So he's like, hey, I was friends with Charlie, too. I'm a war veteran. Yeah. I'll let you know. Korea. These fucking scumbag kids. It used to be a nice neighborhood. Yeah. And now it's gone to hell. And I, I think Paul's like, why don't you get out of here? <laughs> why don't and you get out of here? He's like, I got a business. I'm a clock man. Uh, fix clocks. I've got this other business. He's got a cool ass apartment too. It's huge. So it's got the it, huge ceilings. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Well, if you want to live in this fucking shithole like neighborhood, I guess you, you can get some decent. Uh... Yeah, he's the original hipster. He was trying to like gentrify this neighborhood. Wow. Okay. You, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to go there against hipsters. Well. They're, they're people too. Okay. Allegedly. <laughs> so. Uh, um. You don't know? Come on. You know that he's meeting up with them. He's telling them. He's giving him the lay of the land. Okay. He's They're looking out the window. They're no, he's pointing out all the gang members. And oh, he's like, right. And he's like, you see this one? And he's like, hey, I saw him the other day. And he's like, that's the giggler. He calls himself that because he giggles when he steals stuff. It's like, okay. <laughs> Thanks for the detail. Like, like well, he can really run. Yeah, he, he can he really pointed, run. He pointed it out numerous <laughs> times. There's they, that's like the only detail they give though. Like they made one character out of the gang interesting outside of uh, Shrike Fre- Fracker. Fre- 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 I hate Frake- Fraker. Fraker. Um, but yeah, if he was Fracker, he'd be a guy that like gets gas gets out of gas the out of the ground. Yeah, he's Fraker. Fraker. <laughs> Maybe he went on to frack and. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, Giggler, he's great. I love. He's the Usain Bolt of thieves. He's so fast. Yeah, and so you know, he meets like uh, he get he meets like a couple other people in the building. Just meets, very. Was, I want to say the guy's name's Manny. I have no idea. The yeah, Rodriguez guy. the married couple. Yes. Yeah, I think I just remember him as Rodriguez. I know. Yeah, his name is Rodriguez, but I think it was Manny. Yeah, and we also meet uh, Star Trek alert. You Star Trek nerds. Next gen, next gen nerds, the fake Star Trek. We learned that uh, Deanna Troy is in this movie. She's in brownface. She's playing a Hispanic woman. When she's clearly white, she's got a little bronzer on her. She's like, "Hey, I'm I'm a Puerto Rican now." Yeah, and she, I think she has like two lines, and one of them just don't rate me. Yeah, <laughs> and so and so uh, it's time for 
Paul's are he's already putting ideas into his brain. What am I gonna do? Well, he's gonna lay a trap first. So he goes out and he gets himself a brand new car, pays for it in cash. He drives over to uh, the post office and he gets himself a little PO box. PO box. And uh, he sends away for, you know, what? Is it a Cadillac? I think it was a Cadillac he got. It, it was something fancy. And uh, so he leaves it. He leaves it out, parked in front. It, it's There is no street. So he just parks <laughs> it, like, on the stoop of the building. No big deal. Right. You're so, right. Yeah. So he's going to go back in. And you're like, what was this scene for? Why? <laughs> okay, anyways. So... He goes back in. He's meeting more of the tenants. He he walks by like that old Jewish couple, and you know uh, he meets back up with Ben. It is it's all this whole building is full of stereotypes. Like it really they is. have like a menorah out. So you just guys wearing a yarmulke. You they have the hammer at home. Jewish people. Yeah, Puerto Rican people, this, that, you know. It's fucked up. They didn't do even the slightest bit of and like research, they had like though. they had a bunch of like rabbi pictures. Like I don't know, like I know the, 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 the set dressing for this movie, the horse wanted poster, the rabbi like hand oil painted rabbi friend. What was happening with the sets in this movie? They were amazing. Probably the best set work Golden Globe has ever did. So, you know, he tells Bennett. E, uh, what your neighbors got down there? <laughs> I can't do it. I just do What's Chicago. Your neighbors got going on down there? And he's like, "Well, let's go find out. You'll love them." The uh, I don't remember their names. Silverman's. We're gonna call them. And he's like, "They're great people. They'll love you." And so he's like, "One second, let me go put on a suit." So he puts on a suit, comes back. Well, he down. comes down. He's like. It smells amazing. It's, yeah. like, it's cabbage. I'm like, cabbage doesn't smell amazing. It was stuffed cabbage. It doesn't smell. So amazing. it's got. It's at least there might be a meat aroma happening, <laughs> you know, along with the cabbage smell. I thought it was stuffed peppers. It was stuffed peppers. No, it was cabbage. It was okay. Cabbage. Okay. I know that. No, I'm. Do- That's I don't the only think thing I do. remember from this movie. I don't think you do. I think it was cat. I no, you're wrong. Anyway, you're so wrong. So they're gonna go in. They're gonna have this fucking lovely ass meal. Hey, I noticed your rabbi paintings. Those are beautiful. Your food is wonderful. Just fast friends. Right. And then you hear some ruckus outside. And they're oh well we we forgot to point <laughs> out when he gets the car, they're like, oh, what's that for? Oh, okay, like, yeah. Bait. Bait. And and so just tr- like the most perfect bait, it worked because they caught some rats. We got two uh scumbags. One's stealing his uh, uh, radio out of the car. Mm-hmm. The other one's got the hood up. I don't know what the fuck he's trying to steal. Fan belt. No idea. And he's like, <laughs> <Fan> hey, <belt. laughs> excuse me. That's my car. Like, I, fuck you! you I, this was probably one of my favorite scenes of this movie. Well, yeah, it was one of my favorites, too, because they're like, fuck you, man. What are you going to do? And he pulls out a gun and just fucking blows these two guys away and goes back to his fucking stuffed cabbage dinner. Adjusts his tie, goes back in. Like... I don't know if this movie came out before that Indiana Jones where he nonchalantly shoots the guy. Came out after. After. I think they might have borrowed that one. Because <laughs> it, was, it was very akin to that. So, trap's been laid. He's already caught two rats. Goes back inside. He's just murdered two people. <laughs> Nobody cares. They're just like... I wouldn't if I lived in that neighborhood. Hey, what just happened there? And he's like... It's a warning I, sign. Did he? I don't think they even... I, no, I, they, they asked him. He told him, like, um, 
it's like a warning sign or it's a message or something. Something back, a car backfired. <laughs> My car backfired. <laughs> I can't do this Bronson so, voice. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough one. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and then he's like, let me teach you guys something. And then this, I, I, I'm going to, this is a bold statement, but I would say the Home Alone series would not have happened if not for Death Wish 3. No, it's absolutely true. Because he sets up all these, what was Kevin? Was that the kid's name? Kevin. Kevin Traps. All through the apartment building. Yeah. And they're all, you know, it was like, there was, this is like a serious movie, but there's also a lot of weird comedic moments that really did not fit into the movie. There's weird comedic movies. Like, I'll go on a diatribe here for one second. Bronson was all worried about doing this movie because it was violent. He's like, I machine gun people down while they ride by a motorcycle. It's like, this is not acceptable. I can't believe it. You sure you didn't read that right? Because I would think this would be, he'd be not violent enough. No, I mean, he, he really was upset with this movie for being too violent. And yet every Death Wish movie is based on rape. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, that's well, okay. It's, it's one of the ultimate crimes you want to pay back some yeah. for. I, I, guess, I guess he's like, that's how I get into my character. It's like, you see that? I get triggered, and I I fucking just nonchalantly murder people. So uh, he's setting so up he his sets traps. up this trap. It's like <laughs> it's like a Three Stooges trap. It's like a it board, is. and it's, it hooks up to your window. Oh wait! First, he does no, one. It's he, in his, his. He does his place yeah, first because he, he sees the footprint. Yeah, he sees a dirty footprint in his bathroom. He's like, "Hey, didn't I wipe my feet all the time?" Now? <laughs> and he's like, "I take my shoes off at the door." So, <laughs> so he knows somebody broke in. So he he goes, "Ding!" A little light bulb goes off above his head. It should. They might as well have thrown that in. It looked like he got like a like a half of a door. And he just put some nails through it. I mean, yeah. and then he just put it right underneath the window sill. He did a lot. Yeah. He just, so then he comes back from the stuffed cabbage dinner and he sees there's like blood everywhere and he yep. just smiles at himself. He's, he's like, having so much fun. Like, he's like, I'm so glad that guy let me loose. And then I think they, they click back to the gang and they show a guy with like a fucking rag around his foot. Like, oh man, he fucked yeah. my foot up. And like, we got to do something about this guy. For sure. Like, he met with the chief. And then the chief tells him, like, hey, I need you to do this and stop doing that. And he's like, I'm going to do whatever I want. You you set me well, loose. He's, yeah, yeah he's, like, he's like, I need you to, like, chill out for a while. And He's, he's only like, killed two people. And he's like, nope, I'm going to do what I need to do. Yeah. So we do, uh, we, we find out about the guy who's, get, you know, they're all getting beat up by him. The townsfolk are fucking loving it. They're emboldened by what, yeah. The, so what we're doing. we're on to the next day. It's daylight. Like Paul is just walking around the streets. No big deal. He's got his nice sweater on. He's trying slacks. to entrap people. He's like he's he's using himself as bait. He's honey potting. I get it. Yeah, and I remember what's there's so many times he does it. What does he do this time? So th- I believe this is the one where he comes up to the corner. And a guy's trying to, like, the uh, the one dude who had, like, he always wore, like, a little halter top. Yeah. Yeah. A big muscle he, dude. He was, yeah, he was ripped. Uh, he was trying to steal the purse from that old lady, and she started fighting back. I think right. that was this part. Okay. And he was just, like, not in my town. Yeah, man. and then he punches him and knocks this, like, guy who's, like, half his, like, and then, a quarter of his age. Yeah. And then this little kid with Jerry Crook goes, yeah! He's like hiding behind a tree and he pops <laughs> the out. The kid goes, is always yeah. hiding behind something. <laughs> and then, then Bronson gives him the old fist pump. Like, yeah. Oh, 
my god! And then so like everyone's finally, and they're like, we don't have to be scared of these people. We don't have, you know, he's giving, he's he's inspiring them, and right? They're like, they can murder for themselves. They don't need to rely on the cops to do that. Exactly. You guys just have to fucking kill these people all by yourself. So, as a thank you for that great stuffed cabbage dinner. Bronson, because uh, the uh, old Jewish guy, uh, I'm going to say Saul. I think you're going to go a little far here. Am I? Yeah. But they set up the trap, right? Well, he's going to go back home. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's going to go back home, and this is when Catherine has tracked him down. Okay, all right. Yeah, and she shows up in that taxi. He's feeling pretty proud of himself because he's encouraged the neighborhood, and he's like, you need to get out of here. That was terrible. Um. And, and she's sh- like, look, I can't stop thinking about you. You're so fucking hot, you geriatric motherfucker. You. <laughs> I want that fucking 10% senior citizen discount and on my eggs. And she's like, look, I, I have to date you. I have to go on a date. He's like, oh, right, we have to. And he's like, look, I know this great place. They got an early bird meal. <laughs> we'll be out of there by five. And he's like, I like the soda. I like to eat. And he's <laughs> like, like, what day? Friday. He's like, mm, let me think about that. Okay. Friday. Works. I don't have any stuffed cabbage that, that day. <laughs> I wasn't gonna. Hang and she's out just like, you can see, she just turns around, and goes, "Yes," and then jumps in her uh, cab. Yeah. So as she's leaving, this is where we get the shot of the taxi driving away. But Shriker, Freaker was noticing. Oh. Oh, okay. Because they show the taxi. All she right. looks out the window. She sees Fraker. Fraker sees her. <laughs> And you're okay. like, oh, this is not going to go well. And he's just like, mind games, mind games. Mind games. So where do we go from here? Let's see. So then now we get to where he yeah. sets the trap. They keep breaking into the old Jewish people because they live on the first floor. They so live it's on the easy floor. to get in the window there. The first floor is the worst floor. And he's like, look, it's 90 degrees out, and i got to nail my window shut. What the fuck? Can, what am I going to do? And he's like, he, he's like, hey, i got a Home Alone trick for you. So he rigs a thing. This is straight out of the Three Stooges. It's like a board. He lays it flat on the wo- uh, the floor, and it's designed that when you open the window, it flies up and smacks you in the face. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I love this scene because, like, they're hanging out in their living room or whatever, and yeah. then they hear it, <laughs> and they're like... <gasps> Guys, like, oh, they're like none of they're not even startled, which is another thing I notice about the Mister Silverman is that he loves violence. He loves watching it. He loves watching it. He's a voyeur. So he's all excited to hear the noise, and so they run into the kitchen. They think they caught themselves a rat, and uh, uh, Paul pulls the board back down, and you see these two <laughs> objects. They look like vampire fangs. <laughs> they don't look like normal. Well, teeth. they came out all. They just took them out the roots. They yeah. came out by the roots. That's how awesome this power was behind this board. The guy's two front teeth got embedded into the board. <laughs> Oh, you, think, but you think they would be pushed into his face, not they wouldn't come out. Cause it's not like the board goes up and goes back down, or did it? I, Dude, you don't know how to explain <laughs> this. I, Golden Globus were having so much fun with this movie. They were like, here's the idea. We're going to hit the board, and the teeth are going to come on. They're like, that's fucking amazing. We should write a movie about a kid who does this to two adults. They're like, well, we have this old guy for now, so let's do it with this old guy. So then we learn... Why, uh, why uh, Paul started a PO box? Because you got to remember, this is 1985. 
He's he has some mysterious benefactor. We Why st- would we have to remember it's 1985? Because you can't do this now. You can. What are do you this. talking about, America? You do whatever you want here. Come okay. on, come on, man. Build us up. Where do we got? <laughs> What's was building us up? So he gets his, his he, he gets uh, a package from his buddy Wildy. Wildy, huh? And it turns out Wildy is this giant motherfucking magnum. <laughs> that has like elephant shot bullets. Four fifty seven, and he's like, "Hey, just look what I got in the mail!" And yeah, they're all excited. The whole like building's all hyped. I know. He brings it home, and the whole <laughs> building <laughs> surrounds him. And they're like, "Who's this?" And he goes, "This, this is Wildy." And he starts explaining the whole thing about the gun. And someone's like, "Is that like a three fifty magnum?" And he's like, "No, three fifty magnum can barely kill a human being." 457 will blow a hole through an elephant. It's like, why do you need that for a human? Because you want to fucking kill it. You got to send him. You got to send a message, right? Right. And then there's like a scene where him and Ben are making bullets because he doesn't trust people to make his own bullets. He had the two that came into the kit, but he like, (laughs) they're souvenirs basically. So we chuck some and he makes his own. Right. More powerful. Yes, exactly. He's loading them up with like, He's going home alone again. He's got like coffee grains in there and like cayenne pepper powder. So when it, in case like you know, it blows a hole through you and it burns like a motherfucker. <laughs> <I don't>... <laughs> <laughs> we got to build up this home alone, man. <laughs> so I believe we're finally gonna get into it. Yeah, the uh, the as you if you're watching a Death Wish movie, this, even though I don't think one happens in Death Wish four, but maybe I can. Uh, I don't know what I was gonna say. So, yeah, we get the inevitable rape scene. So anybody out there who's ever want to see uh, Deanna Troy naked, watch Death Wish 3. Because she gets accosted by Bill S. Preston Esquire. Yeah. I think the giggler was involved. I don't know. I'm pretty sure the giggler was involved in everything. And they just grab her at the supermarket parking lot. And, of course, the dipshit security guy, he's like, went to take a piss break when this is happening. Yeah. So it's being filmed. But... He's he's just fucking around, and so she gets taken, and they take her to some secluded area in this block they all live on. They rape yeah. her, and uh, they let her go. She does end up getting picked up. Uh, you know, she gets taken to an am- or uh, to a hospital, right? And that's when they find out because Rodriguez gets the call, and he of course goes to his new best friend Paul. He's like, Paul, need need some help, and he's like, what what's happened? And he's like, my wife got. My wife got raped. Well, he's all, yeah, Rodriguez is all fucked up. Oh, Rodriguez is super fucked and up. And so Paul's talking to the doctor. Yeah. And he's like, hey, it's, it's no big deal. She just has a broken arm. Just a broken arm. And so everyone's like, oh, well, she, I mean, she got raped. But at least she's going to live. And so they go to the hospital. And <laughs> the doctor's like, psych, she's dead. And then they try to they try to like give you some science on it. And it's well, she had blood clots, blood clots, yeah. And it went through her brain or her heart or some part that killed her. And he's like, "What? I thought she just had a broken arm." And he's like, "Well, this shit happens." And then he just walks out. So they ended up going back to the uh, grocery store. They review the tape. They see all the party involved, and they're just like those motherfuckers. So, so now the whole building is like out for blood, especially Rodriguez. He doesn't give a crap about his wife. He has one moment watching the tape where he looks really heartbroken. But then, you know, a nice long eight-hour sleep, 
He's feeling okay. He's ready to murder again. So well, he's ready to murder for the first time. Yeah, good point. Feels like the first time. So, uh, so they got to hit. They got to hit that street again, right? Yeah. Time for the time for the giggler's last giggle. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so the giggle got his Paul's last like because Paul he's the else. Fraker and Paul are like opposite sides of the same coin. They're both all about the mind games. Yeah. And he's like, see, so Paul's like, I'm going to set these motherfuckers up. So he gets this sweet-ass Nikon camera. Yep. <laughs> Looks like shit. I'm cheap <laughs> so shit. stupid. And, and he's like, I'm going to go get some ice cream. This is, this is some good product placement because they're using it as a plot device, you know? So he throws it over his shoulder, and you see in giant, bold, yellow letters, Nikon. <laughs> he's just like swinging it around. He's yeah. Like, it's like you know, play, when you play with a cat, the toy, you're like yep. toying with it. And he's going to get an ice cream. And then fucking the giggle can't resist. Dude, he's just like, I, I can't believe you're not bringing up that they bring up the little kid again. Oh, yeah. I was going to get to that. Okay. Yeah, so he goes in and gets an ice cream. Gets an ice cream for the little kid with the Jerry Curl. Of course, and he of course again gets yeah. the ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> <I love laughs> he's that kid. kids hiding behind he's, like some pile of like pop cans. Like, yeah. He's then, like uh, if if you ever played Mortal Kombat, there was the one guy who would pop up when you did a punch and go. <laughs> That's pretty much what this kid was in the movie. He'd randomly pop up, just like yeah. So. So he walks out with his ice cream. Just a fudgicle. Dangling that Nikon. Yeah. And Giggler can't resist, man. Dude, you can actually hear somebody. It's clearly like a voice that, you know, a voiceover into it. But he goes, you see that Nikon? <laughs> it's so good. I, I was cracking up so hard. I, I, I love that this is, this is Charles' plan, all right? So he grabs the Nikon, starts running, and Chuck just pulls out a gun and just shoots him in the back. He pulls out Wilde and he's just like, pop. First of all... That is textbook murder That's right there. Murder. Even if a guy robs you, you cannot shoot them in the back as they're running away from you. Yeah, you can't. And but people are like, yeah, oh, there's like a, a street fucking black black party breaks out. Well, it is an <laughs> elephant gun, so you hear it from four miles away, and the whole city comes down. And the one lady comes down. She's like. That fucking asshole stole my purse last week. He starts kicking them and shit. There's like a fucking parade breaks out. Oh man, it was it was epic. They all buy the fudgicles and they're eating them, and throwing the popsicle the little kid sticks. Jumps out, yeah, and then disappears. <laughs> gets a couple kicks in there. <laughs> they're fu- so the whole town again is just they're coming together around fucking um, Paul Kersey. You know, he's the he's the hero here. So then the next day, Shriker finds the giggler. And uh, people are like, man, you should be, you should have killed that guy. What you know? Do yeah. your job, cop. And he's just like, oh shit. Yeah, like you know, uh, chief is trying to get like the beat on the town, and the uh, the cop who was there, he's just like, everyone's doing really good right now. Like, <laughs> you know, they all invited us up. Stuff you works. know, yeah, <laughs> murder works. <laughs> who would have thought? All we gotta do is kill these criminals. All we gotta do is kill people. <laughs> oh boy. So we cut to the big date night. Oh, dude, is it date night already? It's Friday already? Yes. He's got this town feeling so good about itself. It's been three days. Right. He has the power of Paul Kersey. He just turns the whole city around. It's the power of murder. <laughs> and so uh, he shows up at, uh, she's going to cook for him because it's a special date. Yeah. And Paul, she's like, I got chicken. He's like, chicken? I like chicken. I hope you like chicken. It's the only thing I know how to cook. I like chicken. <laughs> really awkward, like line read for that one. 
And so they have their chicken. But I don't like chicken, director. <laughs> You're acting, Charles. And then she's like, she's. this is literally the first date they've ever... Paul, I don't know anything about you. I know. And it's oh like, well, we just met like two days ago, and this is our first date. I think if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, can you leave now? Like, that is so awkward and Well, then crazy. he goes, he's like, he's like fumbling for anything. He's like, I like opera. I... And then, and then she's like, "Do you really like opera?" No, yeah, because he thought like, "What's some dizzy broad gonna think that's like cultured?" I'll say opera. Yeah, it was so fucking. This is a man who was married, like he's weathered. <laughs> you don't think he'd be rattled by going on a date with somebody fifty years uh, younger than him? Well, it's been ten years. He's been murdered a lot of murdering in between that. All right. Well, he did have a relationship in Death Wish too, so I don't know what happened. <laughs> He's just going coast to coast, fucking broads, pretending <laughs> to be all coy about it. Maybe I that's it. He's playing hard to get. Yeah, you know what? That makes perfect well, she, sense. I mean, she's like basically throwing herself at him. So mind games. Be, it's all this mind is games. a different mind game. We're used to him and his murderous <laughs> mind games. This is him and his sexual mind sexual game. mind games. Fuck, man. I wonder if he had any of his Bronson uh, sex toys with him that night. Maybe he didn't. Maybe that's why I mean, he the didn't. The Schlong was definitely in effect that night. <laughs> or maybe, no, that was the next night because they don't do anything. Yeah, he point. was just showing uh, her the outline, you know. And, uh, like and what his... you see. <laughs> I like opera, and then he switched legs or something. Uh, so uh. while that's going on, we got the fucking criminal mastermind, Fraker. He's got, he's got this guy called the Cuban, and he's got him, he's getting him high. He's like, dear, do some more rails of coke. Mm-hmm. And he's like, because he wants... Because he, because that's why he never goes to jail, because other people kill for him. So, so he's trying to get this guy so fucked up on high that he will kill for him. And so, and it works. The guy's like, fuck yeah, I'm ready to kill. So we cut to Paul getting back home. Very chaste date. He, you know, he only fucks on the second date. Yeah. And so he's he's got his old uh, Wildy in his uh, pocket. He's walking <laughs> No, I mean, he got home and looked out the window again. Oh, did he? Yeah, he, he did get all the way home. He switched out of his nice yeah. his nice clothes. He put, and he, got... his, he put on his bulletproof vest or his, his knife-proof vest. <laughs> it works both ways somehow. <laughs> yeah, and so he, so why does he go back outside? So he looks out his window just to survey the scene, make sure that the streets are good, and of course, there's fucking Fracker staring up at him. And... <laughs> I like that you did that for my benefit. Well, yeah. <laughs> so immediately, uh, Paul is just like, "I'm gonna get you," and he hits the streets. Okay. And he's he's obviously leading him into a trap. Of course. But, but you know, Paul's just like, I "Got Wildy with me." Right. I'm not well, afraid of does this. Does he? Because he doesn't get immediately get knocked out of his hand. So. Fucking Fraker runs down uh, alley. an alley in between two buildings, which is essentially an, an alley. An alley. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, Charles gets like three steps into the alley, trips, and like throws his gun 45 <laughs> feet away. But Fraker has an Uzi, so he starts spraying bullets oh, at right, him. Yeah. So he Uzi. had to keep running. And this is like the first extended scene we get of the two of them like going back and forth so we don't have a cut of the gang and a cut of him. So Charles is just, I keep saying Kersey is running for his life 
and he's like going underground. He's going into buildings, he's coming right. in, he's coming out, and he eventually gets uh, trapped. You you remember the he, trap? Where they, is this where they stab him? Dead end. Oh, did they stab him at that point? Was that I underground? Know. I think it was when he bu- uh, ran into one of the houses. He got stabbed. Okay. Well, I know he gets to the roof. Yeah. He gets... I just remember that he does get stabbed at some point. He does get stabbed. He goes to the dead end. You're like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen here? But then he turns to his right, and there's a ladder, and he just... Right, fire escape. Yeah. And so he goes he just, and he goes into a window, and this guy's like, hey, what's up? He's like, this happens all the time. He's not bothered at all. Everybody They're, in the city is just like, oh, okay. And then the Cuban, who's hyped up on cocaine, yeah. chases him, and they go to the roof of the building. And then Paul just hides behind something, like air conditioning unit or something. Yeah. And the Cuban's just all fucked up on coke. And then Paul just grabs him and throws the worst looking dummy off of the <laughs> off the building. This really bad stunt dummy that goes. He found a nice lead pipe to bonk him with first, oh, and right. then he tossed them. Okay, but yeah, tosses him. Hit. He just goes back down the streets. The whole gang gave up. They were like, "Nah, Cubans got him. We're gonna go home." So he goes. He finds Wildy, and um, he retires. Goes Good back evening. To the not, evening, not, not where where is he on? Because was he a cop before? He was an architect. He was an architect. Okay, I was gonna say what happened with the whole like two weeks. So from he retirement? must have made a lot of money as an architect because he's basically independently wealthy. He can afford. He's all. a writer. Well, he said that's his cover. He's a writer. No, he writes. You know, he writes. But he might like write for himself, but he's never he's never been published. Yeah. Okay. Good point. He's probably yeah. got a zine. He probably has like a book of poetry. That... Yeah. That's uh, book on opera. People are just now starting to find, and they're like, "Man, this is really good. This oh. is deep shit." Chuck Bronkowski. Chuck Bronkowski. So, okay. So, what's Stryker up to? He. Oh, yeah. Was this Stryker? Because I remember what happens is the Jewish couple they get robbed, and the guy has a gun, and then the cops come and go, "Hey, motherfucker, you can't be shooting criminals that are robbing you." Yeah. And they start fucking giving the, the Jewish people shit. They didn't even shoot anybody. They they The witnesses or whoever, the people who called in, said they, that uh, the guy in the building brandished a gun at them. And so the cops came, and they're like, you can't do that. And they're like, it's fucking war out here. Two people died on my stoop yesterday. And the cops are just like, nope, taking your gun, or I'm taking you to jail. And the toilet's broken. <laughs> and the guy's like, I can't pee in front of other people. I, I, I'm pretty sure we already passed it, but one of my favorite moments of the movie, this gang is so... There's so many people enlisted in the gang, they don't even have enough weapons to go around. So there's a guy who runs around with a plunger. <laughs> and we were joking about how that guy ends up in uh, the holding cell a lot. And that's why the toilet was broken. He stole the plunger. He stole the plunger. <laughs> <laughs> I get. I, I might guess is he's like the mascot of the group, you know. Like he's like the guy from Road Warrior gets his fingers chopped off with a boomerang. He's like yeah. the toady dude, like, for sure. And they just they just put up with him because they can do whatever they want to him. He seen. I like. I thought maybe he's like. Uh, you've seen SLC Punk? Uh, years ago. I okay. Don't about there was that. the there was the one guy who went around with them who didn't dress like a punk guy. He wore like the sweaters. I I thought maybe that was supposed to be him. 
Like he was that guy where he just because he was wearing like nice sweater and slacks. So I was like, maybe that, that that's supposed to be that guy. He's like a gang tourist. Exactly. So, um, Schreiker, I believe uh, he's going to go back on to uh, Schreiker. No, that's supposed to be Fracker. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're so fucked up. I was too tired. I corrected some of the shit, but. That's all right. But uh, Fracker goes back to picking on, you know, the easy wins, the low-hanging fruit, the fucking elderly. Oh, is this where he slashes that woman's throat? Yeah, this is because he 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 calls because he's once again, he's like the Hannibal Lechner of degenerate street gangs. Yeah. And he calls up this other guy who owns like a like some kind of shop. I don't know what the fuck he sells. And he's like, hey, your wife's uh, she's all by herself. She's all alone. Yeah. He's like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, and does he just say, like, I killed her? I don't know. Yeah, he's like, you really should get back here and take care of her. And then the guy looks out the window of the shop, and he yeah. sees, like, his apartment building across the street, and there's Fraker looking gingery as fuck. And then he runs over there, and his wife's got a slashed throat. And he's just like, that's all I can stand, and I can't stand no more. Yeah. So he's out for blood too. The whole—I mean, it's just a powder keg. Yeah, this neighborhood. The building starts going nuts. And this is where uh, we Bennett goes. Hey, man, I like what you're doing, Paul, but you're not killing enough people. Yeah. Let me show you something. I got a little something tucked away from your old buddy. Was it? I thought it was Bennett's. Was it? Was this the no. thing that he has to take care of? This is Charlie's. So he opens up this cabinet. There's a fucking heavy machine gun. Thirty caliber. Okay. This. And the, did you notice that? <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to hold the barrel while you're shooting. These. I don't think you these are. Things, I mean, this, is, this isn't like a fucking assault rifle. This is a heavy machine gun. These, these things you put on a tripod when you shot them like in yes. the war. Everything about, like, when, when he actually hits the street with that, I was like, <laughs> that can't be comfortable. Like, your hand's probably <laughs> melting skin right now. You think they at least, he'd at least have a glove on or some, some kind of half-ass thing, it's like an glove. oven mitt, you know, the, the of glove. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Of glove wasn't invented yet. So unless Merman Productions goes back in time and puts an of glove on him, in which case the giggler, if he were still alive, be like, is that an of glove? I'm going to steal that shit. <laughs> and then, then they, then so Bennett and, uh, and Paul just giggle, smile at each other and go, yeah. But gonna- Paul's like, you know what? Keep that tucked away for a little while. Let me do my thing. Okay? He doesn't want to give... Like, he's like, like, Paul has to take the credit for everything. You can't just let anyone just go, hey, I have an idea. Yeah. yeah that's a great idea. I'll, I'll, I'll say it's mine later. So, you know, he explains about it. Keep cool, dude. Give it another day. I got business to attend to. Well, yes, he does. He gets back into that car, which I thought was on bricks the other day. <laughs> Apparently, it's not. And he drives right over to Catherine's, Catherine's establishment. And uh, they already had chicken dinner. She doesn't know how to cook <laughs> anything else. So she's like, why don't I cook you up something a little more steamy, like uh, stuffed my pussy. <laughs> Yikes. I have a bottle of wine in here, man. <laughs> I got the jokes for days. Yeah. Okay. So wow. he's going to stuff her cabbage. Um, hey, yo. <laughs> that's a callback. 
And he does. And fortunately, we don't get to see that. No. <laughs> you get one glimpse of him putting his <laughs> shirt on. <laughs> it's a, and it's that classic scene. Like, usually in a movie, it's a woman, like, putting a shirt on. Yeah. But it's him. And it's all lit. Like, is this right on him? And he's like, dude's got fucking better abs than me. And he's fucking 80 years old. So I can't say shit. <gasps> The uh, the only thing I wanted to mention, on the first date when they kiss, they put a stunt double in there for the kiss. Did you notice that? For who? For Chuck. Well, I, don't, I guess he... Like, they go from a wide shot, and then she leans in for the kiss, and then they do a super close-up, and you can tell it's not him. <laughs> like, you know, that's how offended well, this woman well, was. No, I don't think it was that. I, I think it know. was because... We go talk about Chuck doesn't fucking Charles. I guess you're the same Chuck. You don't fuck anybody in movies. I don't. I can't really think of. It might have been because of his wife. Maybe, maybe because she was always his love interest in all these movies. That's right. So yeah. maybe that was it. Because I, I know she died of cancer like a few years after this movie came out. So maybe she was sick or something, and he felt like it would not be appropriate. Yeah. So now that he's uh, you know tired her out, and he's a little tired, and he's like. Yeah. I got an idea. Hey. I need to go get something to eat. Yeah, he's he's worn out, man. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, and she, I need an energy drink. <laughs> That's what the kids drink nowadays, right? <laughs> and so, she's like, I can go for something, too. Well, let's go, baby. You got any place in mind? She's like, of course. So they're going to hit the streets. And, you know, he's like, first I got to stop by the uh, the old post office. Right. And post, apparently the post office is open at like 24 two, hours a day, two, two in the morning. Okay. Look, I know it was dark out <laughs> and Charles has been, you know, into some action. I don't think it's 2 a.m. It might be 945. <laughs> uh, maybe it's in the winter. Maybe it was that dark. I yeah. Uh, either Whatever. way. So, so he stops to get his, his, uh, his mail. His mail. And while he's in there, Fraker, constant mind games, he was tailing them. Yeah. And he just one punch, knocks out the girlfriend. Yep. And then, then he kicks the car into neutral, and they push it. Luckily for them, they're right on top of a hill. You know, New York, like San Francisco, known for all their hills. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, it was for New York. It was a very sparsely populated New York section yeah. of New York. Yeah. And they push it down the hill, and it just taps into another car and Bursts into flames. It explodes. Unfortunately for her, she actually woke up. She got to see her own death because mm-hmm. she wakes up just in time. She's too stupid to just grab the wheel and turn it away. She's just like, uh, blows up. Paul runs out. He's like, uh, you know, he's like, I, it's the first time I got laid in years. You know, he's bummed <laughs> out. She and then, but he gets chicken. over it. He gets over it. Yeah, he gets over it like immediately. And so. We, I mean, we don't get to really see him get over it. We just, uh, like, we get a shot of the card exploding, and then it cuts to the gang, and they just, now that they've pissed uh, Paul off, they're just like, all hell's going to break loose. And they blow up Bennett's building, his clock uh, repair shop, and he's just like, my clocks! (laughs) Um and then he, he's just like... You can do a lot of shit to Bennett, but do not fuck with his clock. Yeah. So he's like, that's the final straw. And he gets home. We don't know where Paul is at this point. Like, he's probably off burying his dead girlfriend with his bare hands. So Bennett goes back to his house, and he gets that fucking thirty cal. Did you notice this... Back to foreshadow, Ooh, back to foreshadow. that they meet... A, immediately buried like charlie within hours because while chuck was like in jail 
they already had a funeral and buried Charlie because he gets out like 24 hours later. Did they? Yes. Because Ben, when he meets Bennett, they talk about that. Oh wow! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> They're like, yeah, he's 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 been buried. That was very. They were planning that <laughs> well, thing. Well, maybe advance. Charlie was Jewish because Jewish people they have to do it within like two or three days or something like that. Hey, maybe. Well, wow. Okay, never mind. Um, I was gonna say was, maybe everybody in the building was Jewish, was, but that was a really, that's not true. Really uh, annoying tangent. But anyway, so we get <laughs> okay. to Bennett's this fucking. He's like, I can't take this shit anymore. So he grabs his. He has another machine gun for himself. But apparently he doesn't take good care of this machine gun because he's ready to blow these fuckers away. Yeah. And he's got the fucking Rambo, like, bolero, like, bullets. Yeah. Bolero's not the word. What's it? Bandolero. Bandolero. And he's he's just Bandolero. He's got... He's got got the fucking Rambo fucking headband on. He's shirtless. He ripped off his sleeves of his sweater vest. And then he's like, die, you fuckers! And then (laughs) click, click, it jams. And then these people. The whole gang is just like, the motherfucker jam! <laughs> Get him! They, the, they go up the fire escape, beat the shit out of him. Fucking wreck him. They leave I him. love how they, they pummel the shit out of him. He survives. He survives! Fucking uh, Deanna Troy gets a broken arm and dies. dies. <laughs> and. So. Such a ruthless gang. They like this guy who's about to unload on him. They're like, let's just pummel him a little bit and take him to the hospital. Oh, so so now Bennett's out of the picture. Fuck, and that thirty cal's got to be gone. You would think the gang would use it, but they don't. You don't. Well, he was it. he was using a different thirty cal. He had yeah. A, there's yeah, two of them. Right. But the you would think the gang would have used it, but you never see that thirty cal come up again. So, oh boy, where do we go from here? Final battle. Oh, we got to get ready for that final. Last battle. twenty minutes is just carnage. You know, before poor Paul's girlfriend died, he picked up a couple packages. I wonder what was in those packages. So he's got to go home. Oh, fucking Bennett's gone. Oh shit. Well, considering this is a mid '80s Golden Globus movie, I'm gonna geek a wild guess on what was in one of those Ooh, packages. Go ahead, just take a stab in the dark. Uh, bazooka. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bazooka. With uh yes! Do you know what kind of rounds they were? No. Anti-tank, okay. explosive yeah. diarrhea, incendiary, incendiary napalm, uh, banana yeah, bomb having. It it's like it's going to kill everything. We just need to group them up. Right. So, now he's working with Rodriguez cuz Bennett's out of the picture. I also want to love how I love how I want to love I love how I want to and I do love how Paul has a fucking arsenal, and poor Rodriguez has a fucking zip gun. A zip gun. Which is just like a homemade gun. It's not even a real gun. Yeah. It's like, dude, you can't throw him, like, one fucking gun? Not one. He's like, you know what you can do? You get to hold my bullets. Yeah. So they get the other 30 cal. <laughs> and he's like, Rodriguez, they got the bullets in a cardboard box. And so they hit the streets, and now... <laughs> They're engaged in the all-out riot on the streets, and they're just gunning people down. And, you know, with all this... Literally, Rodriguez is right next to him holding a cardboard box with bullets in it. Yeah. And he's so, like, he's in bitch mode. He's like in the bitch seat. Like, he's like, hey, hold, can I hold your bullets at least? They didn't even give him, like, a leather jacket. He's in his sweater and slacks. Like, he's got, like, a members-only jacket yeah, or some like, shit. Bronson at least put on his leather jacket. He's got Wildy strapped to his, you know, his side there. 
But um, got his bulletproof. You know, vest, they're huh? going down. They're causing all kinds of hell. They're mowing people down. The numbers are climbing, and it's not. It's not even at all. It's mostly Paul crew. But you know, with all this action going on, we need to we need to check in on our Silverman family. And Mr. Silverman's trying to look out the window to see what's going on in the riot. I can't see anything. And his wife's like, just come sit down. It's on the TV. (laughs) He sits down on TV, which is just displaying all this gore and anarchy. And he cracks the biggest smile. He's just like, finally. Murder. (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with this guy? He just loves murder. So And so fucking all hell breaks loose. Because Fraker calls in a biker gang. He's like, I need some backups. These yeah. bikers show I love up. these bikers. They got, like, the German, like, fucking army helmets from World yeah, War II on. Yeah, helmets. And they're just fucking, they, they, they're they getting mowed down. They don't do anything. No. Paul just mows them down. Taking it. Literally, the last 20 minutes of this movie is just an orgy of destruction. Absolutely. It's, you got Paul and Rodriguez fucking mowing people down you got townsfolk mowing people down you got cops show up they start mowing people down you got the gangs mowing people down i don't know anyone survived this i love the moment where the biker gang which they only use grenades and by the way (laughs) i love movie grenades because it's not just like a little explosion it's goddamn like nuclear bomb (laughs) like every time it's this huge mushroom cloud like they throw a grenade in a house and the house completely just it's like there was never a house there at all. You're right. So I, I love the mo- the downfall of the biker gang, though. Do you remember that? With the chain? With the chain kids. There was children in there. Well, the- yeah, I, I loved it because uh, I don't know if this I'm thinking about the right moment, but there there is a moment where a lot of people die, and all the kids come out in the street going, yeah, and everyone's like shooting bullets in the air. Yeah. Going, Yahoo! Because the biker gang, they're driving down the street, and then the townspeople, they get like they have a chain across the road, and they decapitate all these guys with the yeah. chain, and then all the kids come out, yay, they're kicking the heads kicking around, the- yay, <laughs> little, fucking- little black kid with the cherry girl, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> little rascals. So with all these fires and you know all these bullets, grenades going around, the cops finally show up. <laughs> this has been happening for like three hours, and- You'd think they, you know, they're like, let's call on the SWAT team. No SWAT team ever shows up. No. The firemen finally show up eventually. I love it. It's like a 1920s, like, fire brigade. Like, the, the fucking 100-year-old truck they had. They was, that's not a fire truck. Did you, did you also notice that every fireman, the ones who were spraying the hose, they'd always have two firefighters, <laughs> like, throwing an arm around them. No, I didn't know. It was always like a team of three, and they're always like <laughs> hugging the guy to support him. Like you're doing a good job fighting the fire. I it's so much. And then weird. The, uh, for some, I don't know why, but the firemen pull out guns and start shooting people. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, they knew what they were going into. <laughs> Everybody had people a gun. Are coming in from out of town, and like I just want to kill people. <laughs> Poor Rodriguez is the only one without a gun. He got his pathetic little zip gun. <laughs> And hold on, I gotta reload. Like every shot he has to reload. I love he's how- got a fucking musket. All right, yeah. what- <laughs> muzzle loader. <laughs> I love how unfocused the gang is, though, because they can win this fight. No, they're so busy looting random people. Well, right, these guys are like, I know I'm in a fight for my life, but I want to go rape that woman there. Yeah, and it is great. Grab this is the woman you were alluding to earlier yeah. in the the, the, the director's uh, girlfriend. And so these ripper clothes off, but fortunately Paul's in time for anything can happen. He blows these guys away, and she's safe. Yep. 
And then there was this other moment where a guy, again, a random cut of a gang member trying to break into a house. And I love this scene. You know, Paul Kersey <laughs> must have stopped by or like maybe he had a town hall meeting. It was like explaining, here's how you make a good trap for your back door. Uh, so the guy opens the door and a knife board shoots up and stabs him right, right the, yeah. through the fucking <laughs> forehead. Yeah, that was great. And gets his two front teeth. Because why not? <laughs> and then it's crazy because all the t- all the time this is all this fight is happening. The Benny Hill music's playing. I don't know why, but it's they, like, da-na, 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 da-na. they didn't know how to read the moment, like yeah, the was, mood. I told you there were some weird comedic moments there was. in this movie. So Paul realizes after he kills like the people who are about to rape the woman, he's like, "Oh shit, I'm on a bullet." It's like his thirty cal's been out. Wildy's out of ammo, so he's like, "I got to go back to the home base." As he's going there, he gets oh, cut off. Meanwhile, we forget. Schreiker shows up, and he's like, I'm in heaven. He starts just killing people. He's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just going to get to him because oh, uh, as he's heading home, he gets cut off, and he realizes he's got no bullets, but no big deal. Chief's there. Fucking pop, pop. Just <laughs> waste two guys, and he's like, I can get used to this. <laughs> he's so excited because this is, this is how he knows he's going to get that extra bonus to his pension. And he can finally get that promotion he's been looking for. He's been for. eyeing that promotion. He knew just a he couple. He can finally actually become a chief. couple gang murders he's was all captain. he needed. So Paul gets back to his house. We don't know what happened to Chief Schreiker. He's in the in uh, ether. He's just killing just people. He's he's out, just... Yeah, he's out just having a good time. <laughs> so then Schreiker shows up. In in uh, Paul's apartment, and they're like having a bro down real quick. Paul goes to sit down, grab himself a nice Fanta. You know, he's got to get his sugar levels back up because you know he's diabetic at this old age. <laughs> um, a little faint. Yep. And as he's sitting there, you know, one gang member comes in and thinks he has the beat on him, but fucking oh, you it's know what? The major. It about the, it's Fraker. It's fucking Fraker. And so Fraker thinks he has the beat on Paul, and fucking Triker shows up and shoots him. Right. And they're like, game over. So they both sit down. They're relaxing. Well, no, then, and then Paul shoots. They, he, Fraker shot like seven times in the chest. Did he get shot that many times? Yes, because Paul unloaded on him, too. I didn't know Paul did. Well, Schreiker gets shot in the shoulder. Oh. Because everybody gets shot in the shoulder in movies. Oh, he winged me. And so then Paul unloads on Fraker, but then Fraker jumps up and goes, Bulletproof vest, asshole, just like you. So now he's got the two guys, no guns in their hands, and he's got the gun drawn. And I believe Stryker says something along the lines of, like, you can't get both of us. For those who pay attention to, you know, the movies, you notice what's happening to uh, Paul Kersey's immediate right. You know, it's like at his, it's like at his uh, five o'clock, you know? And as soon as, because we get a first-person view of uh, Fracker, Fracker, Fraker, Fraker turning from uh, Charles over to Schreiker, and as he turns to Schreiker, Paul Kersey, the nine-year-old man, uses all of his agility to grab the bazooka. Just happens to be standing there, happens leaning to be against there. the wall. He's like, "But do you have an anti-tank vest?" And then. Boom! And it blows the motherfucker. It's, it's reminiscent of the end of Invasion USA. Yeah. I love nothing better than a good bazooka death. It pretty much was. So there's, the there's just like a fireball that flies out the window that we see. 
Yeah. And then you see the gang all outside. They've all got like bike chains, toilet plungers, uh, scrubs, brooms, any weapon they could find, and they just drop them in. Well, they're like, no, because they're like, now that all the heads have been killed, the I think it was Fraker's girlfriend's the leader now, and she's like, no, I respect these people now because they finally started murdering yeah. people. So we're going to respect them and leave them, let them have their neighborhood back. So they walk out. Wow. So, I mean... You don't need to clean up. Your buddy Charlie's been honored in some way, so Revenge. you leave. Yeah, you leave, right? Well, no. I mean, Schreiker goes, look, I love what you did. You did what needed to be done, but your job is done now. You got, like, the cops are going to be here. The real cops are going to be here oh, in yeah. about five minutes. I don't know who the fuck you are. Wink. <laughs> Wink. And then the next cut is just Paul Kersey got his bags packed, walking down the street. Cause... The Hulk music. Well, no, this is more happy. This is a happy moment. He's okay. Like, he's moving on. He's like, on to the Some next city. Time. To Actually, I think Bum. in part four, he's back in L.A. I don't know. They're coast to coast. <laughs> yeah, he has no, he's like, it's this flyover country. Has no, no, use no for. Midwest. And so that's it. I mean, that's Death Wish 3. Death Wish 3, guys. So... We hope you enjoyed it, and I mean, we've got we got a really big episode next week. I mean, well, this one was huge, but next week is going to be big too. Well, yeah. I mean, before we get into that, I just because we got Schlecktober Sh- 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 was huge, Griff. We got a lot of new listeners, so I just want to take a moment because we've given you such great entertainment tonight to do a shameless plug for our social media. Yeah, because if it. you were the best way to. Uh, know what we're gonna do because i me and griff we tried to give like a preview what the upcoming episode is and then we rally and give you let you know any comedy bits we try to fit it that's we have a twitter at gng theater we have an instagram was it golden globus theater golden globus theater we do not have facebook we explained in the previous episode why we don't have a Facebook because it's fucking bullshit they don't like us (laughs) if it's like as last time i checked which was a long time ago we still our band from Facebook. I have no fucking idea why we don't put any nudity or sw- even swearing on her. We still save that for the show. Mm-hmm. All right, you have to come to the show if you want to hear swearing and about nudity. You want to hear and stuffed my, pussies? Whatever the fuck my, you said. I was you just gonna say my creep. horrible jokes. <laughs> you about, fucking uh, creep. And yeah. so I'm feeling yeah, good about that. one. So I know you're like, man, I love this show, but I need to tell people about it. Well, this is how you tell them about it. You go, hey, go to G and G Theater on the, the Twitter or go yeah. to Golan Globus Theater on the Instagram on and the you'll Instagram. see some great. We love putting up pictures. We, we, yeah, we both put up like our own pictures, own moment that we like enjoyed from the movie. Right. Christopher I mean, Lee and his sweet glasses. Yeah, man. It's so, just, yeah. So just check that out. That's out of the way. All right. Thank you for letting us do that. Now, <laughs> let's get on to our next, next episode. We got the business. You've heard whispers of this guy. We have a special guest next week. You, just—he's just his name is spoken in whispers. You—you you probably use his name more than we've taught, like use each other's names. You probably <laughs> think he's a character. No, he's not. This guy really exists. Of course, we're talking about hair metal Sean or yacht rock Sean. Or Bougie Sean. There's he's so a many man, names. man of many names. And he's going to be on next week talking about it. Now, here's the thing. Whenever we have our friends on, the deal is you have to talk about your favorite Golan Globus th- movie. Yeah. But 
because this is how amazing Hair Metal Sean is. We're throwing that rule out the fucking window. Tossing it. We're letting him talk about his favorite eighties movie. Period. Okay. And of course, we, we just do a lot of eighties movies too. So. Yes. But what? But well, the rule is the first time you come on as a guest, it's got to be about your favorite Golden Globus. But we said fuck that because if I don't know if people know this, but our great mascot Frank Grills, yeah, the machine gun shooting hot dog, who should I guess maybe we should change it to a thirty caliber shooting hot dog? Well, yeah, we might need to. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I, I, I don't think I'll like that. <laughs> I would love a bazooka. Just think I'm just saying I'm, I'm just good, throwing it out there. That's here, a good point. I'm just throwing it out there here, Mel Sean. <laughs> I would like a bazooka. But get this episode out of here, man. Uh, let me fucking finish. I am. So um so since he's done so much shit for us, we're gonna let we're gonna let him do whatever the fuck he wants. And what he wants to talk about is the eighties classic Buckaroo Banzai. I saw this movie as a kid. I did not like it. I hope it was just I wasn't mature enough. I didn't have the mental capacity to appreciate it. I hope that my whole view of it changes. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out next week. We might have another over-the-top situation. We'll, we're definitely going to meet him halfway. <laughs> and we'll meet you guys halfway next week. So see you next week, and keep it warm. Keep it be.